Paul has encouraged us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, finding God's strength and power there. Paul has encouraged us to walk worthy of the calling that we've been called, and that means to walk in a way of love and be a light for the world. And Paul has finally, in the last chapter, called us to stand firm in challenging days, in evil days. To stand, two weeks ago we said, with our armor on, leaning into our faith in Jesus Christ and allowing that faith to give us strength when the world seems to be shooting at us with arrows of destruction. And this morning, Paul wraps up by encouraging us to stand, not just with our armor on, but to stand in prayer. And so we conclude our series in Ephesians today picking up in chapter 6 in the 18th verse, and this is what Paul writes for us. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's holy people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You pray with me and for me for a minute. Lord, like Paul long ago, I ask for people's prayers today that Lord Jesus, I may lift you up. And that we may once again uh, just bask in the mystery of the good news in you. And what that means for not just uh, this community, but for our world. And how we seek to live it out on this World Communion Sunday. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, as Paul mentions, these are not easy days to live in. He says, listen, we're in the midst of a spiritual battle. And life can be tough. There are challenges that we must face together. We must face standing firm in our faith. We must stand firm in prayer. If we're going to be the kind of people that God needs us to be, to be be light in dark places. And so as he brings all these pieces together, he says prayer is where we work together the most. And so he digs into our prayer life today in order to help us make it through times like for our brothers and sisters in Florida, in South Carolina, whose lives have been turned upside down by the hurricane. In other areas, like even in our own church and trying to figure out and discern the future of the United Methodist Church, which is going in one direction and and other parts of our church that want to go in another direction trying to figure out what is at work there. In other ways, too, whether it's with our health or whether it's challenges at work or with our children in school or in our families, we need to be a people of prayer. Because I don't know about you, I know in my own life, I, I wish I could say I was an awesome prayer, but I'm not sure that I am. Because when I get quiet moments, you know, Before I had a cell phone, I I might turn to prayer or something else, but now when I've got quiet moments, I tend to turn this thing on. Or my computer, or the TV, or get engaged somewhere else. But, But when we 
stay plugged in to all our electronics and other things going on in our lives, it makes our lives less deep in our relationship with God. But if we're going to have strength for the evil day to fight the good fight and to face the spiritual battles before us, Paul says we must become deeper in our prayers. We must stand in our prayers. So how do we do that? What does that look like? I want to look at another scripture in addition to this one that kind of talks to us about more about Paul's idea of prayer in Ephesians. We're going to start with who do we pray to? What does prayer look like? Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, well, we say we pray to God. But do we pray to the Father? Do we pray to Jesus? Do we pray to the Holy Spirit? How does all that work? And the answer is yes, the whole Trinity is involved in our praying. And Paul first lifts this up in Ephesians chapter 2, in the 18th verse, where he gives just this short verse, but it talks about how we pray. For through Jesus, we both, and that is Jewish people and non-Jewish people, Gentiles and people of the nations, have access to the Father by one Spirit. For through him, that is Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And so here Paul, in this simple verse, gives us an understanding of who we pray to and, and how to pray. He says, first, we pray to the Father. We pray to the Father. That is Jesus himself when we talked about this amazing God of the universe, this God who has created everything, made everything, Jesus told us, you know what? You can call him Father. You can call him, in, in Aramaic, Abba, your daddy. You can know and have an intimate and close relationship with the God of the universe. You are invited to pray to the Father. So, what this means is, is that our connection to God is to be real and personal. In uh, our guys' Bible study this week, we're doing Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby, and he tells a story in there. Henry Blackaby's a Southern Baptist brother. I've actually gotten to meet him. I drove him to the airport one time, and that was a really cool experience because I don't meet people too famous too often. Uh, but Henry Blackaby was going, uh, talking to young pastors one day, and he says, while talking to these young pastors, after he'd done his first session, one of the pastors came up and said to him, Henry, I made a promise that I would never listen to any preacher who talked like you ever. Because you talk like you can have a real relationship with the creator of the universe, that you can know him and, and interact with him and experience him. And I, I just have not found that to be true. I just don't believe it. And Henry had kind of a further conversation with this guy and they began talking together and Henry began ex kind of expressing his experience of his relationship with his father the father of the universe and Henry's father and as they begin to talk and as they begin to pray this guy began to break down he began to weep and cry because he had begun to experience that he could talk to God as his father and have a real and personal encounter with the living God. Have access to the living God. And that's what Paul tells us. We pray to the father. 
We pray to the Father, but we also pray through the Son. That is, Jesus, when he came to earth, when he taught for three years, when he died on the cross and rose again, and in that work, in that accomplishment, he not only saved us from sin, but he brought us access to God the Father. We come to the Father through Jesus. How does that work? I think of the story that Nicky Gumbel often tells in his Alpha Course in talking about this particular idea. Nicky tells this story of during the Civil War, there was a young soldier whose brothers had died in the war and his father had died and all that was left taking care of the farm was his mom and his sister. And because if he didn't go home and take care of the farm, the whole family was going to be destitute. He decided, I've got to find a way to get out of the military so that I can take care of my family. So the only person he can go to to ask this of them is President Abraham Lincoln. So he journeys to Washington, D.C. He, he goes and doesn't have any other better idea, so he walks to the front door of the White House, and there are guards at the White House there to greet him. And he says, I've got to talk to the president about a personal situation in, in my military service. And the guard at the, at the, you know, at the White House says, sorry, the president's trying to run a war. He's trying to get things done for the country. He doesn't have time for just a little infantry soldier like you. Shoo, go home, go back to the front, do what you're supposed to do. He couldn't get in. So sadly, he goes to a nearby park and sits down on a bench and just breaks down. He has no idea. How, Lord, what am I going to do? I have no hope, no way to get to the president, no way to get what I need done. But up comes this little 10 or 12-year-old boy who saw him crying and saw that he was having trouble. The little boy said, sir, what's wrong? And so he pours out his heart to the little boy, tells him that he needs to see the president. And the little boy says, well, if you need to see the president, come on, come with me. The little boy grabs him by the hand and they walk back up to the White House, but instead of going in the front door, the little boy goes around to the back and goes in one of the side doors, and as he goes in the side door, they go right past the White House staff, they go right past the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense and right up to the West Wing door, and he doesn't even bother to knock on the West Wing door, but he carries the soldier right into the Oval Office, and there in the Oval Office, he says, Dad! I found this guy outside who, who needs your help. He needs to speak with you. Could you help him, Dad? And Abraham Lincoln says, Tad, if that's what you need, I'll be glad to help him. You see, the soldier had access, the access he needed to the president through the son. And Jesus does the same thing for us in our prayers. He opens the gates of the temple. He opens the gates of heaven so that we can have access to the Father through Jesus. And then he does this thirdly, by one Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what, in a sense, activates our prayers. It activates our relationship with God. And as we trust in Christ, we all have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. But Paul teaches us, pray in the Spirit. Back to the scriptures we read this morning, that very first line, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
When you don't know what to pray for, the first thing you might pray for is, Lord, let your spirit come and help me because I don't even know what to ask. Things are such a mess. And the Holy Spirit can come in. And when we allow the spirit to, to take over, we find more intimacy in our relationship with God. And this is sometimes we've got to lean into it. We've got to kind of keep on pressing because we never know when the Spirit will kind of open heaven's doors. I know just even in my prayers yesterday, praying about this message, it just oftentimes it's like your prayers bounce off the ceiling and not even as, like the ceiling this high, they wouldn't even get 10 feet off the floor. You know, this ceiling's too high because sometimes your prayers just don't feel like they're going even that far, Right? So Paul says, how do we get prayers that interact with the King of kings and Lord of lords? We pray in the Spirit. As we press into the Spirit, as we let the Holy Spirit activate our prayers, heaven will begin to open. And we will begin to sense that we have been heard. Now as we're heard, God may say no, he may say yes, he may say wait. But we will begin to sense that the Lord has at least received our prayers and requests. So that's how we're to pray, to the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. And then he goes on and says, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. On all kinds of occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So the second thing he helps us with is what can we then pray about? I know a story of a young lady who uh, was not a Christian and was just kind of getting to know who this Jesus was and what God was up to and and she had gone to a small group one time and in that small group they would sort of share burdens and things that they were concerned with and and she began to share with burdens about her business and say you know what I've, I've started this business and I really need it to be successful and to do well in order to make enough money to live on and take care of my family but it's just I'm having struggles you know, there are things going on with government regulations and with this and with that, and it's just not taking off like I need it to, and I, I just don't know what to do. And so one of the other uh, older members of the small group who'd, who'd been in the faith a little while longer had said, well, have you thought about praying about your business and, and uh, giving your business to the Lord? She said, pray about my business? No, I, I didn't think you could do that. I thought God was too busy you know he's got to keep the world spinning and the universe going have you ever heard somebody say that right god's got so much to do he's so busy kind of you know figuring out the war in ukraine and russia and trying to not let us destroy each other with nuclear weapons you know he's got too much going on you know how can i pray about my business but what paul shares is that on all occasions in all seasons with all kinds of prayers and requests let your needs be known to God. And so if we have needs, if we have things that are troubling us, those are things that we should turn into prayers. Because those are the kinds of things that your Father cares about. And so that's the second part, is that in our prayers, to take any burden to the Lord, and you can't go wrong. Then the third thing he shares in here is he goes on with this in mind. He says, next, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 
This next step in prayer is the gift of an intercessor. With our prayers, maybe we start by praying for ourselves and our needs. But that's only a starting point. If you are to go deeper, if you are to really stand against the evil day and to help bring light to your community and to our nation, to our world, then we must go from just being self-centered in our prayers to being others-centered in our prayers, to be willing to pray for those around us, to become intercessors for all God's people, for God's people in Florida who maybe have lost loved ones and have had their homes flooded and torn down, for prayers in Indonesia, where, as I said, 130 people lost their lives at a, what was supposed to be a fun football soccer game. We are to intercede for one another, to intercede for our church, to intercede for our spiritual leaders. And this is one of the great gifts we can give. And one thing I appreciate about the church, you guys here at Conyers First, is we really do have a great core group who every Monday morning, right now at 1030, but usually at 11, gather together to pray not just for themselves, but to pray for you to pray for this community, to pray for God to bring healing to our nation, to help and save and redeem and bring good news to our world. And that's something we can all participate in. If you can on Monday morning, great. If you're at home, your next step in faith is to become one who can intercede and lift up with courage and alertness and perseverance the prayers of all God's people. And I know today one of the things that our church needs the most is we need to keep on praying for the, the global church, but especially as well for the Methodist church with the challenges that we're facing. And then the last component, he says, is pray also for me so that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The last thing that we can all pray for to seek the Lord together is to pray that God would, would strengthen folks like Paul, but also strengthen all of us. We live in a culture and in a day and an age where we need to be fearless for Jesus. We need to bring good news fearlessly to our community and nation and world because our community and our world more and more has found other things to do on Sunday, other things to do during the week than get to know the one who made them. And so it's for us to be fearless. It's for us to be courageous. It's for us to pray, Lord, give us the words to speak to share and make known the mystery of this good news. The good news that Jesus loves us. The good news that he died for us. The good news that we are saved. But of course, part of this mystery also is the amazing good news that Jesus is, he died to bring us all back together into the family of God. This Sunday is World Communion Sunday. People this morning all over the world, maybe a billion or more people 
on this planet will gather at the communion table. They will feast together at God's banquet. They will find nourishment in Jesus' body. They will find forgiveness in the shed blood of Christ. They will do this together, different colors, different languages, different ethnicities, different styles of worship. But together, we are one family. We are one body. Even with different denominations, in Jesus, we are one people. And part of the mystery of the gospel that Paul has made such an emphasis is that in Jesus Christ, God is bringing us together. Rich and poor, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, Indian, Native American, the Lord is bringing us together. And that's what good news does. It tears down walls and it makes a home where anybody who comes through the doors can feel like God is here, God's people are here, and I am a part of what God is doing. I'm at home here too. And that's the kind of culture that we lean on the Heavenly Father for here at Conyers First, a culture that is loving and welcoming of everyone because that is part of the good news of God. And so these are the things we're praying for, that God would bring us together, that God would save us and redeem us and transform us and help us live for his glory. And so how are you doing standing in prayer? Maybe like me, I can use some growing. I can use some improving. And as we close in prayer today, I, I close with this prayer. Uh, this comes to us from Don Sweeney. Many of you know Don. He, he shared this with the leadership board last month, uh, in particular about what we go through or what we are going through ahead uh, with the divisiveness in our church and trying to wrestle with important things about the direction in the future. And this is how he prays, and I think it's a great way to be praying for us at Conyers First and for our Methodist community. This is what Don prays. Dear Lord, we know that arguing and infighting is not your will, yet we have done both. Please forgive us. Help us to see your will and hear your voice. Your church has battled with division throughout history, and in 500 years, there will be other things trying to divide your body then also. In this season, we have been put in seemingly impossible situations. We believe what Jesus has said. Jesus said that when with people it is impossible, it's not with God. For all things are possible with God. So we need a miracle. We ask that you remove the forces that are driving us apart. We agree with your word and your desire for us to stay together and to serve you together. We ask two things. Please move in the hearts of us, your children, to study your words, seeking truth, revelation from you, and remove any worldly motivations. Put one desire in our hearts, to know your will and obey it. The second miracle we need, Lord, is that you remove all fear and faithlessness. You can reconcile. You can change hearts. You have a process and a good plan. You are moving. You are shaping. Help us to listen and submit. Help us be like the mother that begged Solomon for her son's life in the face of a liar.
Save our church, Lord. Save it from being cut in half. We will not give up. We will continue to ask you to save us from this divisive situation. Please make all this go away and have faith that you can do it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I appreciate Don's heart, because that's my heart. Whatever the future holds for the Methodist Church, whatever the future holds for this congregation of Conyers First Methodist, we're a family. Y'all are family. And I just pray that the Lord would help us find a way to move forward and find a way to stay together as much as possible. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we're asking God to make the impossible possible somehow, some way. So, will you stand in prayer? Paul encourages to and invites us to. May we do it together in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your goodness and love. Help us as your children grow in our prayer life because we need deep human beings who are valiant in prayer and courageous in this community and world to love radically in Jesus' name. So Lord, help us do that now and always. Amen. As I mentioned, it is